We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform. The Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same. And love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wali Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. If you call yourself a believer, there are certain things that you must know. There are certain things that you must know that solidifies and affirms your Christian faith that you know in whom you believe. There are certain things you must know that strengthens your capacity to even walk in, in the faith. So much such that if you don't know these things or if you don't know them rightly, it may affect the things that you're able to achieve, you know, in respect to your walk with God. And I want to beseech you all by the mercies of the Lord. I know some of you would say, hey, I know about this one already. I know about that one already. I know about the things I'm sharing with you, but yet I still have to give myself to research and to studies. So this may be the season to add to what you already know or to unlearn, to relearn, and to learn whichever one, you know, applies to you. So in that first one, I took you, I explained what doctrine is because can I have that um, banner please displayed on the screen? It says exploring, understanding the basics and the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Let's hope they get it. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So I went on to explaining about the Bible. I did the distinction between the Old and the New Testament. You can see it on the screen. It says unraveling basic. Please, my confidence screen is not on. Please, it says unraveling basic and fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith. And I explained to us in the last teaching what, what doctrines are. Doctrines, when you hear that as a believer, you will think maybe they're thinking about something too deep or something too grand. It's not exactly, not necessarily like that. Doctrines are simply beliefs. Okay? They are beliefs. Alright? So the writer, you can say that to, to mean unraveling the basic and fundamental beliefs of the Christian faith. So I went on to explain in the word how the word came into being. The Old Testament, the New Testament. Because you see, everything you're going to be learning in rooted, everything is actually rooted in God's word. So if you don't believe in the absolutability of God's word, the integrity of, the, of God's word, the purity of God's word, that the God, that the word of the Lord is not one man who is tired of life, or one man who felt like writing story, just sat somewhere and just cook up something, but you truly believe that it was written by the inspiration of the Lord, that is very, very fundamental to your Christian faith. The word of God, it is the believer's life manual. A believer cannot do anything without the word. I'm not talking about Rema this time around. I'm even talking purely about the logos, the written word. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. And that was why I started with that. So if you're under the sound of my voice and you're a new convert or you're already, you know, a believer saved many years ago, but you still have doubt about the integrity of God's word, then there may be no need for you to proceed further. Maybe you'd have to go back on YouTube and go watch that series. And if Brother Deolua is here, please make that series become, uh, what do you call it? Is it playlist? You make it on YouTube or series on YouTube. All right, such that everybody, just the same way you did with Biblio, such that everybody can go in there and be able to see everything, you know, at a, at a, at a glance. 
So the word of the Lord, Bible says, was written, was given by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. It says, only men of old, uh, they spoke as they were inspired of the Lord. And Bible tells us what the word is for, for reproof, for doctrine, for correction. It says that the man of God, or the, you know, the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, furnished for the work that has been set before him. So, before you believe, or you go deeper in your walk with God, you need to first begin with God's word. You must believe that it is real. It is true. It is not fable. It is not stories. It is not the concoction, concussion of man. It is not. It is truly God's word. As a matter of fact, like I often de describe to us, it is God's voice unto man. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. It is what the God's word is God's voice unto man. Because of the written word is the reason why a believer should never say, I cannot hear God or God does not speak to me. To say you cannot hear God and God does not speak to you is to say that you've not read your Bible. So having understood and established that fundamental, I brought you this doctrine. And it is simply called the doctrine of Trinity. It's the doctrine I want to share on tonight. The doctrine of Trinity. You may have been saved. You may, you may have heard, oh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But in your heart, you truly don't know what you're saying. And sometimes, despite you even being saved, sometimes you even have questions and doubt in your heart. How can they say God the Father, God the Son, God the Son? You say, I want God to say everywhere. How can that be possible? It is very, very possible that all of all these things will be coming to your mind. See, the concept or the, the doctrine of the Trinity that a believer believes in, it is also one of the things that solidifies the believer's faith. So much such that if you cannot believe in the triune God or in the Trinity, you know, to believe truly that there is God the Father, there is God the Son, there is God the Holy Spirit, it will affect your walk with God. As a matter of fact, you don't have a walk with God. How many of you have heard about the Trinity before? Now, on a more serious note, how many of you have had doubts in your heart? Not maybe a strong one, but you just be thinking, how can there be God the Father? How can you say if the Father is in heaven, Jesus came on earth, Jesus went to heaven and the Holy Spirit. How many of you have had all those? Glory to God. So you're not, you're not exempt. You're not, uh, uh, you're not an exception. Because practically every believer, at some point I had such thoughts too. But again, which was why I started, you know, rooted with God's word. To understanding if this doctrine is true or not, you still have to go back to the word. In Genesis chapter number one, Genesis chapter number one, if you start reading from verse number one, or before we even do that, let me break down the word Trinity. The word Trinity is just from the word trial or try, means three. Okay? And again, let me say this. This rooted teaching series that we are all on, it is one such that you want to be coming to church with your writing pad and your pen. All right? So the word Trinity, to begin with that, we're taking a look at the doctrine of Trinity. Okay? To take a look at that, the word Trinity simply means try. Okay? Trio, try, or try, you know, something three, one, two, three, no more than three. All right? So now, let's go back to Genesis chapter number one, as I referenced earlier on. Genesis chapter number 1 
and we read from verse number one. Genesis chapter number one from verse number one. He says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word God there in Hebrew is the Hebrew word called Elohim. It means multiple gods or simply gods. More like a deity. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. You know, you know deity, right? Gods, right? How you would, small gods, right? More like a deity. In the beginning, God, that is Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. If you go further down, it keeps telling you, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was over and over the waters. Then God said, that God again is the word Elohim. Everything you find in here is the Hebrew word Elohim, 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 which simply means plural God or gods. But something quite very fundamental happened for you to be able to have clearer understanding. In verse number 26 of the same book of Genesis chapter number 1, Bible says, Then God said, Let us, that if you are reading NKJV version, alright, if this version, for example, were not all in caps, you would have seen that that you there is denoted in capital U. Then God said, let us make man in our own image. Elohim. So you'll find in there the introduction, you know, to the triune nature of God. You find in there the introduction to the very trying nature of God. How many of you remember when I took the series Yeshua Mashiach? It's on YouTube. It's on, um, um, we actually created a playlist for it. So you can click on it, then it will play all the teachings under that for you. Now, marry this teaching this evening with the teaching on who is Jesus. See, these are again very basic question that you must be able to answer as a believer. So much such that if the devil knows you don't have this understanding, he's going to mess up with your walk with God. I went on in that teaching to begin to share, you know, Jesus is God, Jesus is the Father, Jesus is this, Jesus is the Word, Jesus is the I Am, and all of all those stuff. I've realized that people really don't have a problem, you know, we're calling God Father. But they have a problem with calling Jesus a Father. People find it hard to comprehend that Jesus is indeed God. That Jesus is the Father. That Jesus is Yahweh. Again, go reference that teaching, you know, at this point for you to have clearer understanding. However, in the book of Colossians chapter number 1, Colossians chapter number 1, verses 15 to 17, Colossians 1, 15 to 17, if you're on that system, please, you will need to be fast. Colossians chapter number 1, verses 15 to 17, Bible tells us that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Colossians chapter number 1, 15 to 17. From verse number 15. Take a look at verse number 15 now. I think this is 17. You're showing me. I want to see verse 15, please. Take a look at 
talking about Jesus, he says, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Jesus being the visible image of the invisible God simply telling you that. You've not seen God before, but you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. As simple as that. You'd also find, okay, so because people have difficulty or lack of understanding in trying to, you know, they'd say, yes, I believe the Father, I believe the Son, but how can the Father be the Father of the Son and how can the Son still be God and all of that? Because of that, I'll just do a little bit yet again around, you know, Jesus being God. Just for you to have a better understanding. In Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 19. Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 19. Can I have that on the screen, please? Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If you take a look at 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 7. 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 7. Bible speaking says, John speaking says, there are three that bears witness in heaven. He says, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, he says, and the Spirit. He didn't stop there. He says, and these three, they are one. Is that, is, okay, it's there. See, for there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, you can see the Word. Okay, you're watching in caps here, so I'm watching in small regular letters here. So you, the W is capitalized. Okay, the Father, the Word. If you want to know what the Word is, you go back to John chapter number one. John chapter number one. Again, you go on YouTube, go search the message Jesus, the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1 from verse number 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Bible says in him all things were created. Give me verse number 2. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. Please move on. And all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In other words, Jesus created everything. Nothing was created without him. Take a look at the next verse. He says, in him was life and the life was the light of man. If you move on, it says, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So again, back to that first John chapter number 5, verse number 7. For there are three that bears witness in heaven. For there are three that bears witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And it says, please be fast, display it on the screen, please. First John 5, 7. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And it says, and the Holy Spirit says, and these three are one. These is the doctrine of Trinity. That both the Father, the Son, the Spirit, 
the three of them, they are one. One person manifesting or expressing himself in different forms. This is not my word, this is God's word. And therefore, if you have a problem understanding if Jesus is God, several accounts in the Bible are there for you to go reckon with. In Matthew chapter number 4, for example, when Jesus was led, Bible says, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, Matthew chapter number 4, Bible says, then the devil began to tell him, well, take this stone and turn it into bread. Jump down from this hill and I'm going to do this, you know, and all of all those temptations were coming. Bible says, Jesus said to the devil, why tempt the Lord your God? Isaiah chapter number 9, Isaiah chapter number 9. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. God bless whoever is on that system. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. You know, if you worship here by now, anyways, you would understand this, but for the sake of those who do not worship here, let me explain it. it this is for those of you who feel that there is a hierarchy in the Trinity. So, God the Father is the eldest, then Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is the least. I'm going to touch on that. There is no rank. There is no what? There is no rank. All of them, the three of them, they are co-equal and co-eternal. They share same authority. There is no the difference between them is in the expressions of the things that they do. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. We saw in John chapter number 8, we saw in John chapter number 8, or before we even go into that, Mark chapter number 12, verse number 29 to 30, Mark chapter number 12, verses 29 to 30, Bible speaking here says, the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one. Take a look at it. Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. See that Lord in caps. Everything in caps. Not just the first L. If you check your Bible, your NKJV version, for example. The Lord our God is one. So the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the three of them, they are one. This is a fundamental teaching you must understand as a believer. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Jesus in John chapter number 8, starting from verse number 48 down to 59. John chapter number 8 from verses 48 to 59. Jesus began to refer to himself. As they I am. As a matter of fact, Bible says that they picked stone to stone him. Take a look at it. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? That was Jesus they were talking to. Take a look at the next verse now. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, 
but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Take a look at Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophet, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Meaning, who are you to be telling us that? Take a look at are you greater than they asked him? Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets that are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Take a look at the next verse. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So upon hearing that, you know what they did? I'm still going to go back to that verse 58 a little bit. But upon hearing that in verse 59, you know what they did? Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. The right English interpretation should have been, go back to verse number 58 for me, please. Should have been, before your father Abraham was, I was. But again, if you study your Bible very well, you would understand. You remember last week Sunday, I mean last week, three weeks ago during Rooted, I taught you, I said to you that there is no mechanical accuracies, no punctuations, no all of all these things in the scripture that is there for a fluke. To fully understand, you need to be a diligent student of the word. Read precept by precept, line by line to fully understand. Jesus said to them, most assuredly I said to you, before your father Abraham was, I am. The original, I mean the correct grammar should have been, I was. But you see, he also cannot deny himself. Because earlier on, he had told the children of Israel, he had told Moses specifically, I've shown myself to your fathers as this, as this, as that, but by my name Yahweh, I have not been made myself known. He said to Moses specifically, he said, when Moses said to him, when I get there and they ask me who sent me, what do I say to them? He said, when you get there, tell them I am sent you. If you check this I am with the one you have in that passage of the Bible in the Old Testament, it is the same. <coughs> it just didn't stop there. It went on in the same John chapter number 8, verse number 12, to describe himself, I am the light of the word. John chapter number 635, I am the bread of life. John 10, 9, I am the door. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. It was in Exodus chapter number 3, 10 to 14, that Moses asked him. And God said to Moses, I am, let me ask these guys, what software are you using to display this? Is it ProPresenter or Pro, um, Proclaim? 
Pro-presenter. Proclaim. Oh, really? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am a sentient. Take that, marry it to what you saw in John chapter number 8. Listen, as a student of the word, as a child of God, as a believer, a New Testament believer, you must know without any contradiction or out of doubt in your heart that Jesus is God. It's not something you are thinking. It's, some, it's not something that you are battling in your, head, in your head. It is what the word says. So your justification and your assurance is actually in the word. How did you know that Jesus is God? The word says so. Prove to me how the word says so. John chapter number 1 from verse number 1 says so. Prove to me how the word says so. John Genesis chapter number 1 from verse number 1 says so. Prove to me how the word says so. Genesis chapter number 1 verse number 26 says so. Prove to me how the word says so. John chapter number 11, 25 says so. You will see several I am statements made by the Lord himself, you know, in the, in the scripture. We are treating yet again tonight, you know, the doctrine of Trinity. So now let me go a, a bit deeper. There are certain things you need to note about this doctrine. There are certain things you need to note. Now, number one is the fact that it is a mystery. And listen, it will forever remain a mystery. The same way it is a mystery that someone will step forward after this service, for example, or stand in the congregation and lift up their right hand up unto heaven. Maybe someone who just lied, who just fornicated, who just did adultery, who just murdered someone at the door. But they come into a place like this, they hear the word of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord quickens their spirit and say, is there anyone here who wants to accept the Lordship of Jesus? And they lift up their hand and say, and say after me, dear father, I confess my sins. I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. From this day, I declare Jesus is Lord. I believe he died. I believe he rose. And they are saved. And there is no more record of their wrongdoing. At least with God. It may be with the city or the province if you're a murderer. But at least with God, it does not exist again. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. The same way that remains a mystery. It is the same way this doctrine of Trinity is a mystery. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It is the same way this doctrine of... Because, see, it, it wouldn't make sense. That's the reason why you cannot use human sense to begin to calculate and begin to analyze and begin to, you know get into some battles of the mind and begin to ask, how, how, how true can that be? Okay, so what about this? Okay, it's the same thing with the salvation of soul. How do you explain that the greatest miracle ever wrought on earth and that would ever be wrought on earth is the miracle of salvation? Not healing from cancer. Not the miracle baby you are carrying, you're going to deliver. Not the miracle job you are getting. It is the fact that someone will step forward and say, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And the minute, and the moment they turn their back, a new them is going back to their seat. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, glory to God. The same way that will forever remain a mystery because it doesn't make human sense. So you then say, hey, you come forward, you say you have accepted the Lordship of Jesus, and I say to you now, as you're going, it's a new you. And I say, as you're going, it's a new you. Someone will be wondering, mm -mm, but there is no surgery done. Nobody has 
you know, seared the heart. Nobody has implanted anything. Maybe worse still, I now say to you now, you have the Holy Ghost in you. So understand this. Understand this very well. In respect to it being a mystery, there was something I saw in my research, and I want to share it with you. It says, it's a quote. It says, if you try to explain the Trinity, you will lose your mind. But if you deny it, you will lose your soul. Think about that for a second. If you try to analyze and to be explaining it, you may lose your mind in the process because to the human mind, it never makes sense. But it's the word. It is what the word says. And again, as a believer, you take your bearing, you take your comfort, you take your direction from, you know, about God from nowhere but the word. Not in any other book but the Bible, the Holy Bible. He says again, if you try to explain the Trinity, you will lose your mind. But if you deny it, you will lose your soul. Meaning that if you deny it, you will not be able to truly accept the Lordship of Jesus. Did you know that for so many people too, it remains a mystery that will say Jesus came on earth, walked on the earth for three and a half years. Jesus ascended, ascended into heavens and said Jesus is coming back. So it's a mystery. Now, one of the reasons why you need to bear in mind that it is a mystery and you need to always let that, you know, drive and, you know, direct the things that you're doing is such that. Being a mystery then tells you, you cannot use, you guys at the back, please. Lashana Dasa. Being a mystery then also then means that you cannot explain it with your human wisdom. You cannot explain it with your human wisdom. Being a mystery then also tells you that you need the help of the spirit. You know, when I made up my mind, you know, by the leading of the Lord, that I was just going to do this, you know, and take you through this doctrine of um, Trinity. I knew what I want to teach you. But I was asking myself, how would I present it? How would I go about it without being here, being there, being here, being there, being here, being there? So then I had to be praying. And asking the Holy Spirit to help me to project these words into your heart. That someone who's under the sound of my voice will be truly convinced that there is such a doctrine in the Christian faith as the doctrine of Trinity. That God the Father exists, God the Son exists, God the Holy Spirit exists. And the three of them are not distinct. They are not separate from one another. They are one. It's the expressions that are different. Again, if you try to explain the Trinity, you will lose your mind. But if you deny it, you will lose your soul. Number two, second thing to note. The Bible teaches it. The Bible does what? The Bible teaches it. Genesis chapter number one from verse number one. Genesis 1, 26, all through the scripture, you'll find it there. Colossians chapter number one, 15 to 17. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. You'll find it there. First John 5, 7 that I read earlier on, you'll find it there. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And these three, they are one. Mark 12, 29 to 30. Mark chapter number 12, verses 29 to 30. The Lord our God is one. John chapter number 8. Jesus described himself or revealed himself as the I am. 
John chapter number 1 from verse number 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. We saw that Jesus is God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the Bible teaches it. That's another thing to note. The third thing to note is this. Each person of the Trinity is completely God. Did you hear that now? Each person of the Trinity is completely God. Meaning that God isn't one God sliced into three different parts. Each person, in other words, Jesus is God. The Spirit of the Lord is God. The Father is God. Completely holy without the whatever thing. So the doctrine of Trinity is not to say one God now divided into three. Or you sliced one God into three parts. Jesus is not one third of the Trinity. He's not one third of God. The Spirit of God is not one third of God. The Father is not one third of God. This Trinity, in the Trinity, the three of them, the Father, the Son, the, the Holy Spirit, they are completely God, holy God on their own. Holy God. You need to understand that. So it's not like a case of Peter. Alright? You are Peter and then, you know, with slices. And say you have three bunch of Peters, you know. So slice one goes to this, slice one goes to that. No. The Father is God. Jesus is God. I've just proved it to you from the word. Matthew chapter number 4 says so. The Spirit of the Lord is God. And somebody may be wondering yet again. So then, what do you say, pastor, about Jesus saying, I am the Son of God? The Son of God means God in human flesh. It means, it means God on earth. God in human form. And I would help you understanding better tonight by the leading of the Spirit. Just follow me. Number four. The fourth thing to note. The Trinity, they are co-equal and co-eternal. They are what? Co-equal and co-eternal. Meaning that there is no ranking. There is no category. It's not, it's not that the father is sitting on a higher chair. Then Jesus, his own chair or stool is lower than that of the father. Then the Holy Spirit's chair is the lowest of them. You know how you have an organogram? No, an organogram does not exist. They are co-equal. Because they are one. That's why they are co-equal. If they are one, why do they have to be divided? They are co-equal. So there is no ranking. There is no junior God or senior God. The Holy Spirit being the third person of the Trinity is not the least of the Trinity. You may want to caption that. The Holy Spirit being the third person of the Trinity is not the least of the Trinity. Is not the most junior of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is as God as Yahweh. The Holy Spirit is as God as Jesus. So the Trinity, they are co-equal and co-eternal. There is no ranking, no junior, no senior. The fifth thing I'd like you to note tonight. The Trinity is not three properties of God or just three different roles. 
It's not, it's not, it's not three properties of God. Not like, you know, God has this property, has this one. By property, I do not mean physical building. I mean element. It's not the, it's not um, uh, uh, property. It's not, the, it's not um, three properties of God or just different roles. It's much more than that. One God. One God. One God. One God with three different expressions. As simple as that. One person, one man with three different expressions. One person functioning as the father. One same person functioning as the son. Same person functioning as the spirit. Number six. The Trinity isn't three different gods combined into one God. So it's not a case of there is a God the Father, there is a God the Son operating independently. If you get what I'm trying to say now. Then you now merge them together. You marry them together. and then make, No, that's not what it is. It's still one person with different expressions. The Trinity isn't three different gods combined as one. The seventh thing you need to note tonight. They all share the same divine nature. Meaning that the spirit of the Lord is as divine as the father. The son is as divine as the father. The father is as divine as himself. That's why if you go through the scripture too, you will see. Especially in Paul's letter and all of, all of that. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. There are several accounts in the scripture where the three of them are presented together and where you notice that they actually work together as one. Number eighth thing that you need to note. The eighth thing you need to note. They are distinct, yet they act in unity. Jesus says, um, as the Father has sent me, so sent I you. In Acts chapter number, was that Acts chapter number four now? Ananias and Sapphira. The Spirit of the Lord was described in that scripture as God. When they were asked, when Paul asked them, why have you lied to the Spirit of the Lord? So you must understand these things. If you truly want to walk with God. It's a mystery. I'm praying that every one of you under the sound of my voice tonight. That light would come. You'll fully understand this that I'm talking about. But even if you are sort of discombobulated. Be like the Berean Christians. Bible says after they have been taught. They will go back home and go and be checking the things they were taught. Line by line. Is it true? Did the preacher lie? Why did he say this? What does this mean? So you can go ahead and go do your research yourself. But whatever research you want to do, make sure that you're taking your bearing from God's word. You're not just, you know, cacking up what 
someone's because amen I if you go online too you see tons of materials that will confuse you that will tell you no it is not possible because again you see they don't understand these things bible says the things of the spirit it says it is it is the natural mind cannot receive them it's balderdash same way paul said the gospel of christ he says it is foolishness to those who are perishing did you hear me now Paul says the gospel of Jesus, he says it is foolishness to those who are perishing. He says, but for those of us who are in God, who are in Christ, he says it is the power of God unto salvation. That is the essence, the power, where the power of God, where it truly lies. But the one who is perishing, it is foolishness. That's why sometimes it is tough for you to ask someone to accept the lordship of Jesus. You can share from now to tomorrow, they will not understand exactly all you're talking about. In any case, by now you should know you know, maybe next Wednesday, maybe I'll take, you know, the doctrine of salvation. To let you understand the salvation process. How a man gets saved. What salvation means and what he imputes unto man. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So again, just run through the one to eight that I just gave you. It is a mystery. The Bible teaches it. Each one of the Trinity is completely God. They are co-equal and co-eternal. There is no ranking, no junior, no senior. It is not different gods that combined as one. So not that you went to find one strange God somewhere, the God of this, the God of that, the God of this. Then you now join all of them together and present forth as one. They all share the same divine nature. They are distinct yet acting in unity. Let me help your understanding a little bit. In case all the theology that I've been trying to, or some sort of exegesis I'm trying to do here, in case they're not making sense to you. Let me help you understand a little bit. In case maybe somewhere, and please pay attention to this. For some of you, your life is just about to be transformed forever. And the doubt or concerns that you have about this, you know, doctrine of the Trinity is about to be eroded forever. There are several illustrations that can be used to express the validity of the trying nature of God. Several validation, I mean several illustrations that can be used to illustrate the validity of the truth. To saying that truly, if this one is that way, then this is possible. Take for example, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Isn't that three? Is your spirit different from your soul? Is your body, does it belong to someone else? Does your soul belong to someone else? Does your spirit be, or do you name your soul, eh, you name your, or maybe when you want to go to bed at night, take for example, you say your spirit sleep in Kafancha. My soul, go and sleep uh, on Esutine Road. My spirit, go to Blueberry Street and go and sleep. Think about that for a second. These are just mere illustrations that can help you to understand and solidify your understanding you know, of the concept or the doctrine of Trinity. So you have a spirit, you have a soul, you have a body. You cannot divorce or divorce, sorry, divorce, sorry. You know, divorce my spirit from my soul or my body from my spirit. It's still one person. 
So when I come, as I'm teaching to you right now, right, my spirit mingled with the spirit of the Lord is doing the interpretation or expressions of what the spirit of the Lord is telling me is doing that to you. But my body is also here. I cannot divorce them. Think about that for a second. If they tell you that it is tough, why then is, it is, is it not tough, you know, to say that man is a spirit, especially a man that is born again, because you rank in that order. What is alive the most should be the spirit of man in Christ. So man is a spirit, has a soul, then lives in the body. Then you're talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. As a matter of fact, the Spirit of the Lord, like I've always taught you, uh, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father. He is the Spirit of the Lord. Okay now, if that is too hard for you to comprehend, let me give you yet another illustration. You know my name, right? Okay. My name is Wale Tejumade. I love that name. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I function in three categories or in three ways. To my mother, I'm a son. To my children, I'm their father. To my wife, I'm a husband. Think about that for a second. My expressions, interactions with my wife is different from that of my wife, mother. My expressions, interactions with my children is different from that of my wife. Take for example, I was walking into church and I saw my son, Tolu Alashe, with his tablet. He sat at the back and I, when I came in, I saw him playing, watching, playing games on it. The moment he saw me, he flipped the Bible up. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Yes, I'm washing him openly. He's grown. He's going to be 11. As a matter of fact, he should be sitting in front in church. Now, what I did was, I took the tablet away from him. And it's confiscated unto the Lord. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Now, if that were my wife, I may not be able to do that. It's still the same me. The same me who took the tablet off him may see my mom and say, ah, Mommy, God bless you, man. Oh, Mommy, good evening. I would not want to greet my son, for example, and say, Hey, Adasa. Actually, Adasa is my mama. <laughs> you know, I'm prostrate for Adasa. You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying now? I can express romantic relationship intimacy with my wife. I can't do that with my children. I can't do that with my mother. But it's still one person. Still same me. I need you to think about this for a second. These are just mere illustrations. But think about it in that light. The father, the same person is the son, the same person is the, is the husband. If you're a woman, take for example, it's the same thing. You function with your children as the mother, to your husband as his wife. Right? Then to your parent as their daughter. Does that divorce you? Does that, do you split, cut yourself into three to say, 
this is me, this is me, and this is me. No. It is when you are interacting with the three of them, different expressions of you will come forth. Did you catch that? Come on, celebrate Jesus tonight. There are multiple expressions, you know, that you can use. There is this, um, I think it's snack. Is it fritzu they call it? You know what they call fritzu? You know it? it eh? No, now, y'all, hold on, calm down. Press, thank you, my daughter. Say it again. Yes, yes, pretzel. You know it. You know, your pastor can be butch sometimes. Forgive it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Now, now, um, amen. Please pay attention to this. When you sing pretzel, is that it? Okay, pretzel. Amen. Hallelujah. It has like three holes in it. Uh -uh. Yes, love food. So when next you see pretzel, right? Imagine that it's a concept of the Trinity. As a matter of fact, my digging, my research proved to me that pretzel was created and formed by a monk centuries of years ago who was trying to explain the concept of the Trinity to some children in church. So when you take away a part of that pretzel, the other three, you know, they get disjointed. That's the interconnectivity, you know, of the Trinity of God. As one, they operate as one. But think about that for a second too. Do you want another illustration? Take a look at egg. Your regular egg. Boiled egg. Did I say egg? No, I can never say egg. No. I said egg, not egg. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. There is no age factor here. It is rebuked. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Adeluwa, why are you laughing? I can speak better than you do. I just saw you laughing at your pastor. What's that? Amen. He needs to ask God for forgiveness of sin. Now, let's get back to business and get serious. Take boiled egg. Alright? The egg has three forms or three parts. You have the shell. Right? You have the white. Then you have the yolk. Think about that for a second. This, I'm just sharing this illustration to so just drive on my point. Okay? You see, and it doesn't matter how much you try to illustrate the concept of the doctrine of Trinity, it can never be perfect. Because again, think about it. The way I said, um, um, you know, it can be the father, the husband, and the son. I'm limited, but God is not limited because he's omnipresent. I can only be with my wife or my children or my, you know, my mother in person once. I cannot be with my wife then at the same time be with my mother and at the same time be with my children. So I'm saying to say that it's not necessarily about the illustrations. I'm only giving the illustrations to you to broaden your understanding. Not to equate or you know, equalize these things you know, to God. 
Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Are you getting blessed tonight? You can also think about it as an apple. Apple, your same apple fruit. Your same apple fruit, you can think about it in that manner. You have the skin, you have the flesh, you have the seed. It's just... You see, this thing is not hard. And it is not hard simply because the word teaches it. And it's as simple as it gets. If you think it is wrong, take away all the scriptures I've used tonight to buttress my point. Take them away. But before you do that, go pick your Bible, your Bible com commentary or the Hebrew Bible, and then begin to interpret the word God said, and God said, and God said, and God saw, and God said, and God saw. Begin to interpret it from Hebrew to English. And then begin to ask yourself, why is the word Elohim being used in place of one God? If you ask me, I think one of the best scriptures in the Bible, you know, that totally, um, you know, um, um, teaches, you know, explains, you know, this doctrine of, um, of um, Trinity. I think it's actually the book of John chapter number one. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. If you read further down, verse number 10 of there about, he says, and he came to his own. He says, but they received him not. Then he went on to say, before them that received him, to them he gave power, verse number 12, to them he gave power to become children of God. If you read further down, he says, not the ones born of water. Hallelujah. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Father is God. The three of them, they are one. The three of them are equal. The three of them are the same. It's not different personalities, not different entities, not different um, individuals, totally different. No, no, no. It's one person given to various or different expressions. In my research, I found something that says that the virgin birth of Jesus further actually cements the, 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 the doctrine of Trinity. The virgin birth of Christ further cements the doctrine of Trinity. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to God. Again, that's that um, quote that I read earlier on. It says, if you try to explain the Trinity, you will lose your mind. But if you deny it, you will lose your soul. Simply put, don't deny it. Why should you even deny it when it's in the scripture? There are sects of Christianity, you know, there are sects of Christianity that do not believe in the triune nature of God. I don't need to mention, mention names. But then how do you explain some of all these things that we are sharing? 
And you say, I cannot blame them. If you take a look at the sect of Christianity that do not believe in the trying nature of God, the doctrine of Trinity, you watch it very well. They also don't believe in the Holy Spirit as a person. Do you understand what I'm saying now? They don't believe that the Spirit of the Lord is a person. So if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, how then would you have even understanding? Who wants to do the interpretation of this, of this, of this doctrine? Who wants to do interpret it to you? How do you want to know it? Let's see John chapter number 10, 30 to 39. John chapter number 10, verse 30 to 39. Can you see on the screen? Take a look at your screen, church. Read it out, please, everybody. I am a whole. I and my father are one. I'm the husband. I'm the son. I'm the father. It's me. I've got a spirit. I've got a soul. I've got a body. Yet the expressions of this three nature or three part of me, all right, is different. Something interesting happened to me this evening while I was trying to get up. But I will not wash my dirty linen on the altar. Otherwise, some of you would make jest of me forever. I won't say that. I won't share. I will share with some of you, but I won't share it publicly. I wanted to do something. I went, or I wanted to use something. I went to use something else. But thank God, the light quickly came. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to say that to say that the way I care for my body is not the way I care for my spirit. <coughs> it's not the way I care for my soul. To care for my body, I need to eat well. Exercise well. Use good cream. Use good body soap. To care for my soul, I need to be mindful of the things that it receives. To care for my spirit, I need to learn to walk in the spirit. To study in the word, to pray in the spirit, to walk in love, to study in the word. So the way I watch out for the three of them in me, they are totally different. But it's the tree, spirit, soul, body, that makes me me. When one is gone, the other may be gone. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So let's see that John 10 and let's finish up with that. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, for a good work, we do not stone you, but for blasphemy and because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If you call them gods, to whom the word of God came, 
and the scripture cannot be broken. Do you say of him whom the father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the son of God. It's, hold on a second. See, it's simply because they do not understand. You are blaspheming because I said I am the son of God. So when he described himself as the son of God, they took it literally to mean they're saying that the father gave birth to him. But if you go ahead and do your digging on this verse and do your studies and your research, you will see the son of God there means God in flesh, God on earth. God walking the streets. Because in the same book of John chapter number one, Bible are taught us in John's account. It says the word became flesh and dwelt among men. That God became human and dwelt among men. That was why you could read in the gospels. It was in the tabernacle. It was here. It was there. It was this. It was found under a tree. It was this. It was this. It was that. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. He says, I will be held as glory as only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Please go back to that book of John chapter number 10. Verse 32, Jesus, and, no, go back please, 30, I think we're at 35, right? Okay, yes, 36. Do you see of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world? You are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God. Next verse. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I am in him. Hold on a second. Please go back. Can you see that on your screen? Can you see that on your screen? And believe that the Father is in me, and I in the Father. I'm going through all this route to just further, you know, letting you understand you cannot separate the Father from the Son, the Son from the Spirit. The three of them, they are one. You remember that song by Victor Renzi that um, this guy, Osas, sings? I've got the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the God, the Son, God, the God, the Spirit, the three of them, one, I get back, you know. I know they walk alone. You remember that song? God, God is, um, I walk with God. Thank you. I walk with God the Father. Walk with God the Son. Walk with God the Spirit. The three of them, one. I get back, you know. I know they walk alone. I wanted to do that here, here, here in Adiolua's voice, but I'm still looking for his debut Christian gospel track. Because our prayers, the, my prayers and the prayers of his parents over him, they will never go to waste. The same way he's churning out R and B, stay with me, stay alone, ride with me, don't leave me. And he will go to Costco and he will carry, have you streamed, stay with me or stay alone? 
is the same way you will be going to major tourist attractions in the world. Say, have you accepted Jesus? Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Would you celebrate Jesus? Amen. Rise up on your feet tonight. Tonight, we're not going to be partaking of the Holy Communion. We'll partake of the Holy Communion on Friday to wrap up the 21 days of, I mean, the third night of encounter in the 21 days of unprecedented favor program we've been taking a look at. Or let me ask, does anybody have a question? Do you have any question? No, that it's Bible study. That's what rooted is. Are you all saying you fully understand the doctrine of Trinity? Okay, now please, let me pass the microphone around. Sit down, we still have some few moments. Pass the microphone around a little bit. Let me just pick people's brains. Amen. Okay, so I just want to know what one person or two persons I've learned here tonight. Who wants to share? How has your understanding of the doctrine of Trinity, the old they may be used to teach it, but I was not ready to go into, you know, um, exegesis and all those theology case and all of that. What the Jew said, what this one said, what that one said. Yes, the microphone is at the back. Okay. Brother Harrison, you want to say something? Okay. Uh, Sister, yes, she has something to say. Give her the microphone. You know, the, the beautiful thing is that once you hold the microphone, the inspiration to say something will just come. Hallelujah. The microphone, I think, is off. Good evening, sir. I celebrate you. God bless you. So I learned that um, God, Jesus, and your Holy Spirit are one. Because prior to now, I used to see God as God, Jesus as Jesus. And I used to think um, Jesus is not the Father, basically. Jesus is what? He's not the Father. He's not the Father. Oh, yeah, okay. prior to now. But I've learned and I understand that they are one. It's still the same person, just yes. different expressions. Yes. God bless you. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. If you have the time, I would recommend to you to go on Spotify, search the series Yeshua Mashiach. Okay? Or you go on YouTube and watch. I did teaching, or you Google who is Jesus and put Wale Tejumade or Tejumade. Put on YouTube, search or Google, search who is Jesus Tejumade or who is Jesus Lofty Height. You'll see part one, part two, part three. Go listen to it. There is no way anyone will listen to that and their understanding of who Jesus is, you know, will not be fully understood. Did you know that what she just said, for example, is the reason why many people take their relationship with the Holy Spirit specifically with laxity. You don't reckon with him as being equal with the Father. So you can go all through your day, you know, by even expressing your gratitude, you know, and doing whatever thing you're doing. And there is no mention of the Spirit of the Lord. 
unfortunately for you, or fortunately for you, the father is no longer here. The father had never been on earth. That's the expression of the trinity as the father had never been on earth. Jesus walked on earth. Give me um, John chapter number one. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. Let's be about verse number three or five or thereabout. Right? So the, the, the Jesus walked on earth. But we saw from account of the scripture that Jesus is no longer on earth because we read from the Bible that he was crucified. He died. He was buried. They locked up the tomb. They passed many things in the tomb. But eventually, he was, he broke the power, you know, of gates, of hate, and he, I mean, of Hades and death. Right? So Jesus is with the Father. We saw that in the scripture. Acts chapter number one, take for example. Please stay on this screen. Sorry, I quote too many. Sometimes I wish I have two screens. So I, if I quote one, you display on this side. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So, so, so you, you, you have that. Act chapter number one from verse number one, for example. The account I wrote to you, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both began to do and to will. Then you began to read. Then in verse number eight, Jesus began, they began to ask Jesus from verse number six, actually. They began to ask Jesus, when will the kingdom be restored to Israel? So said, it is not for you to know that time. This is the thing that is important. You find that in verse number eight. Go tarry until ye be endued with power from on high. If you go, go study it further on, you will see how Jesus was taken from among them into heaven. You all are looking at me. Um, I have just very few minutes left. Because what she raised for me, it's quite very, very important. So that you will know, their expressions are different. You don't pray in the name of the Father. Okay? You pray, when I say you don't pray, I mean you don't seal your prayers with, in the Father's name I pray. That's what I mean. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Why so? Because the word, now I want to quote another scripture. Well, John 14, 14. Okay, John 15, 16. The scripture, same scripture tells you that you will ask the Father in the name of Christ. Basically, one person. See, this even helps you to fully understand and, you know, maybe your worship of the Lord, you know, would then be different. I say, wow. One God, one person being the Yahweh, being the Father, being the Son, being the Spirit. This concept, you know, doctrine, you know one of the things he did to me when I discovered it many years ago? It made me to appreciate the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, did you know that all that Jesus did on earth, huh, he was empowered, enabled by the Spirit of the Lord. Take away the Spirit from Jesus on earth, Jesus would be nothing. Act chapter number one. Let me start reading from verse number 9 to you. I want to show you, um, Sister Sosa, how Jesus, you know, was transported to heaven. Verse, from verse number 9, Acts chapter number 1 from verse number 9. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, hmm, can you see? Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, what happened? He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. This was Luke's account. Luke wrote the book of Acts. If you attended Biblio, you would understand that by now. Luke wrote, the same Luke who wrote the book of Luke, wrote Luke's, um, uh, um, the book of Acts. 
An act like you've been taught or learned in Biblia simply means actions. Uh, it's actions that's shortened to act. Actions of the disciples or actions of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the disciples. That's where the book of Acts came from. That's where, it, where the name Acts came from. Again, if you were not part of Biblio, we did um, an overview of entire book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Biblio 2 is online. You can just sit down and just watch. You can listen to the, for example, you see Genesis, Exodus, you know, and all of all those, like three books. You can listen, just watch it. You can play it on Spotify. So see, he was received out of the side. And it says, verse 7 says, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who do you think those are? So the father is not here. The son is not here. John chapter number 14. John 15, just chapter number 16. It is only the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not walking the streets. The Holy Spirit is in you. On that note, please rise up tonight. Please rise up tonight. And I just want you to just give expressions unto God tonight. And just thank him for the God that he is. There is no searching of the depth of his understanding. It doesn't matter how much you try. There is no searching the depth of his understanding. There is no searching it. There is no searching the depth of his understanding. He is God all by himself. One person with three different expressions. Same God. Same God. Same God. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And these three, they are one. First John chapter number 5. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Son, and the Word, and the Spirit. And these three, they are one. I am in my Father, and my Father is also in me. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Now let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. If there is no such thing as God being three in one, who are the us? In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You see, sometimes last year, I began to teach you some little things about how to be bold about your faith. How to be bold about your faith. See, without boldness, you cannot fully walk uh, in Christ. That's why you're going to pray tonight. Father, as I go deeper, learning from you, give me the boldness to walk in the reality of the things you've made available for me. Give me the boldness to walk in the reality of the things you've made available for me. Now you understand, you know, the trinity, the trying nature of God. It requires boldness to be able to walk in that. My Lord and my maker, give me the boldness to walk in the reality of my faith. Give me the boldness to walk in the reality of my faith. 
Give me, Lord, the boldness to walk in the reality of my faith. Give me the boldness to walk in the reality of my faith. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I'd like us to just pray one more prayer. Father, teach me your word. Show me your ways. Teach me to follow your path. In Jesus' name. Turn down to prayer tonight. Teach me your word. Show me your way. Help me to follow your path. To follow your leading. I walk with God the Father. I walk with God the Son. I walk with God the Spirit. The three of them one. I have backing. I'm not alone. This is the season of revival. The season of sincere rebirth. The season of seeking the Lord. The season to seeking the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. I want you to pray. How many of you would like to have an appetite for God's word? You know, for you to just fall in love. Whether you are reading or somebody just wants to share or you just stumble on it, you will not be quick to just gloss over it or just, just wish it away. A grace can come upon you right now that will make that available for you. Uh, you, 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 you all know I'm very fanatical about God's word. It is where I get my bearings from considering everything that I'm doing. That's why you're going to pray. Father, create in me a heart that yearns for your word. In Jesus' mighty name, turn down to prayer. An affinity for your word. An affinity for your word. Thirst for your word. Such that whenever the word of God is about to be taught, there will be joy in your spirit. Whenever you know that the word is about to be taught, there will be joy in your spirit. You will be delighted, rejoicing. The word of God will not become so boring, will not become a boredom to you anymore. It will no longer be boring. 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 Creating me, oh God, I want it. A thirst for your word. An affinity for your word, I want it. A thirst for your word. An affinity for your word, Lord Jesus, I want it. A thirst for your word. Affinity for your word, Lord Jesus, I want it. Creating me, Yahweh, a thirst for your word. Give me an appetite for your word. Appetite for your word. Let my soul yearn for your word. Let my soul yearn for your word. Jeremiah 15 verse number 16. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And they became the rejoicing of my soul. Lord, cause my spirit, soul and body to begin to yearn for your word. I needed to pray. Such that any day you do not open the word of God, it will be as if something is not balanced in your life. An appetite for God's word. A thirst for God's word. Affinity for God's word. It is the only way via a believer can be built up. Act chapter number 20 verse number 32. Paul speaking, I commend you therefore brethren to the Lord and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up. Shanama sureke Appetite for your word. Appetite for your word. I don't want to become docile when it comes to your word. Lord, help me to rejoice at your word like one who has found great spoil. 
Help me to rejoice at your word. Like one who has found great spoil. Help me, Lord, to rejoice at your word. Like someone who has found great spoil. Let your word become a delight. Let it become a delight to my soul. Let it become a delight to my soul. Let it become a delight to my soul. Let your word become a delight to my soul. Let the word of God become a delight to my soul. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. At Lofty Heights, we don't like bringing our services to an end without giving someone an opportunity to have a relationship with the Lord. And this is not a routine, a ritual, or a cliche. It is what it is. The transformation you earnestly desire can only come by God. And except you are saved, you will never be able to understand it. You will pick up the Bible to read. It will not make sense to you because the spirit of the Lord is not in you. Your spirit man is dead. And it is the only the Holy Spirit that interprets, gives life to the written word. It's the spirit that makes the world move from the realm of logos to rema. It's in rema that you get life. Letter kill it. The word kill it. But the ones that I speak to you, their spirit and their life. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. All eyes closed, all eyes bowed. Say this after me if you are that person under the sound of my voice. Dear Father, thank you for tonight for leading me to your house. I give you praise and I give you glory. Today, oh God, I confess Jesus as my Lord. I declare that I'm his and he is mine. I believe he died. I believe he rose again. And I believe he's coming back. Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Creating me a heart that longs for you. Conform me to your will. Teach me your ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer, we celebrate Jesus this moment. We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.